Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And I can't stop thinking of... For real. It's your house. Everyone, welcome to Wrighty's House on Ringer FC. Hope you are all safe and well. A quick one about today's podcast. It was recorded on Tuesday morning ahead of the Champions League, so Musa and Ryan will cover those games on Thursday's stadio. Today, we're going to talk about a forthcoming documentary I did called Home Truths. Then we're going to chat a bit about Leicester and Palace, a bit about Leeds, because I like Leeds. In fact, I love Leeds. And we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, Premier League Hall of Fame. And my guests today are the wonderful... Jeanette Kwashi. I love you, Jeanette. Don't say anything yet. And Mr. Musa Konga. How are you, <laughs> guys and girls? We're really good. Are we feeling good, Jeanette? Yeah, we're really good. I feel that the last 10 days, the whole Super League stuff to where we're at now, it's, it, was mm. all, it was all a dream. I feel beautiful. It was, it's, I feel so much it's better. Yeah, it's a, there's a niceness, but there's a, there's a cloud. Because, yeah. you know, it's, I tell you, can I tell you what it's like, Moose? With, with yeah. everything that's happening because we're not going into it because we're not going to bore people with more ESL but it feels like we've just finished the last hope Empire's been crashed but you know they're coming back the rebellion <laughs> has to carry on they're coming back yeah they're coming they're back coming back it doesn't sleep. Back. What's that thing they said in the uh, in Mordor? There's an evil that does not sleep. Does not sleep. <laughs> it's like, like that evil that does not sleep. Oh my gosh! But like yeah, it's been you know something. I've been um. I've, it's been quite, um, I felt really good. And I played really unbelievable golf yesterday. Oh, wow. And, and I, I, there's nothing, right, that I do now, apart from when I play, that gives me the energy and the, the beautifulness that I get now than when I play good golf. Who do, you play, who do you play with? Do you go by yourself or do you play friends? No, no, no. I played with my, the guy who taught me. Mm-hmm. And we went to an unbelievable club. It was perfect. And I just... I played well because my problem um, when I was young, because of the anger issues I had when I was playing football, mm. the lady told me that I, I need to play golf to kind of like deal with the anger. Because what happens with golf is when I started playing, I, the anger was, it raised up more than anything I've done in my life than when I was younger. Anything. Because mm. when you get the shot wrong because of the competitive nature, because you want to do everything perfectly. And she said, you need to, get in control of yourself and golf will help you to do that. So you know what's honestly, clever about that? That the anger is, is teaching the anger is an illusion because it's saying, oh. look, you can control it if you want yeah. to. It's quite a but, powerful thing. Like, but, you know. What she was trying to teach me, Musa, is that, yes, you, you, you can live with anger. You can yes, control yes. anger because my problem was, bam, manifested on the football pitch. And that's why you see a flash of me chatting yeah. to somebody, doing this and that. And she says, when you can contain the anger and continue to do what you're doing because in golf you have to kind of you have to lose control to get control because you have to be in you can't be fearful of what you've got to do you've got to trust the mechanical the the, the, the swing you have to trust it and do it perfectly every time yes. and you in, cannot be angry it's quite doing intrinsic isn't it honest it's i'm like, telling you yeah. and the thing is when i play good golf it just makes me think of her all the time simply because 
it's, t- it's, it's given me a calm and I feel so happy. Serenity. Honestly, that's what it is, Moose. And what I wish was, is I was able to have the skills to deal with my anger from a younger place. You know what I mean? I'm never going to say, oh gosh, I wish this happened. Because I just felt that there's so much would have been different with me because I would have been able to deal with out of the anger, what was coming and was literally with can me. I, can I throw something in my t- Yes, of course. I, mm. I worry about this. I watch a lot of these games. You know, sometimes they're like, you know, you see it as well, Jeanette. They look at these athletes and go, oh, if you take away the anger, they'd be half the player. And I think, yeah, mm. but like what level of yeah. emotional, psychological abuse is that player taking to make them angry? Because if a normal mm. person's that angry in daily life, you don't go, yeah. oh, if you take that, take the edge away, they'll be half. You're just like, that's an Yeah, but it moves for it to manifest in a stadium full of people of where course, people are watching. It's celebrated. That's totally out of control. I wonder sometimes if the anger is like, you know, like in football, there are so many small, there's no margin for error, right? It's so mm. hard to make. I was watching Jamie Vardy, like Leicester um, Palace, we're going to a moment. Yeah. You yeah. look at Vardy, a player of that technique is in the lower leagues for so long. And you think, how many Vardys are there? How many Ian Wrights yeah. are still playing? Right now, as yeah. we speak, how many Ian Wrights are basically like looking forward to the next season of non-league football who are never going to get spotted. And I wonder right. sometimes yeah. if the anger is like, there's players who are like, if I lose, I know that the anger is self-destructive, but it also gives me the edge. And it's the yeah. difference between me being known, it's the difference between Ian Wright and Jamie Vardy playing in Premier League stadiums mm-hmm. and playing for a non-league club and no one ever knowing your name. Wow. And I wonder if that's part of it. The fear of like losing yeah, that, losing that. your edge. Yeah. Can I just say though, Moose, I think for a yeah. lot of people as well, they, they look at anger and they, and they like to use the word passion instead. And I think that yeah. that can yeah. be quite dangerous as well, yeah, because you speak about- Absolutely bang on yeah, this, Jeanette. Yeah. And I think people say, oh, look at this passionate player when actually there's a lot of anger there that actually needs to be managed. Yes, and yes. Th- there's one thing that we learn as individual athletes. I think this is a, there's a big difference here. And it's about being over aroused. That was a, a term that a lot of the, the psychologists would use with us. And if you're going into a situation where you're over aroused, it's actually really counterproductive to, yes. to the performance you're trying Why to- Why are you using that term, it? Jeanette? Because using that term instantly makes me feel of, about being aroused and, and over aroused. <laughs> Why are they using that term? They surely could have found a different term. And you, my sister's on here and you're saying that and instantly I'm thinking about being over aroused and I can't think of it in any other, in any other, Musa, give me something to save me from what I'm doing now and embarrassing no, I'm myself. Not, I'm, I'm not saving anyone. I'm listening, I'm just listening, I'm listening. Musa, it's your, it's your house. they it's must your house. can use a different term than that because I'm trying to think, okay, over aroused when I'm playing. It's your house. And I can't stop house. thinking of, for real, it's your house. Why don't put this in? Don't put this in. Right, she's rouse. Right. <laughs> but no, Jeanette, seriously, seriously, in respects of the, carry on, carry on. Because like, you know what, what I have to say, what resonated with me instantly there is George Graham would always, and I, you know, to a certain extent, I knew that I was, I was over roused. I was over, I got mm. over um, yeah. wound up. Right. But he would say, I love that passion you got. So he almost gave me license to, yes. to, to do it, to go and yeah. do it. It's self-destructive. It's not good. Massively. It's not good because I think that there's an optimal point, isn't there? Where you get to a point in a place and we're seeing it with a few players in the league at the minute where they're just absolutely flying. They just mm. got the balance right in terms of the kind of energy they're going in with and being able to perform 
at peak. As soon as you go past that, mm. you know, you're in danger of picking up a couple of yellows, getting sent off for a straight mm. red, doing yeah. something really stupid mm. that jeopardizes mm. the result of, of, of that game. And mm. I think that that's a really important thing. And we speak about the anger and you yep. see it a lot, you know, right, Ian and Moose on, with kids on the pitch, you know, and you look and think, okay, where are they learning that from? Yeah. That's a learned behavior, mm. like that they're yeah. behaving a certain way. Like, why isn't that being curbed? You know, something early on. Jeanette, honestly, it's, I've learned so much recently with that kind of stuff. I had to do so much stuff recently. So I know now that even with the way I played football when I was a child, if, there was, if people were looking for it, they could see that I, there were certain things that was going on mm. at my house or in my home easily. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to be acting like that as a seven, eight, nine-year-old. Well, actually, your documentary, I don't know if we can get yeah. into that. Well, so, the thing um, about yeah, go can, on, Miss. Can we get so your documentary, Home Truths? First of all, mm-hmm. like, oh, did you wow. see it? Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Did you get it's amazing. Wow, wow, okay, wow, can wow, I just say this brilliant. first of all? I know, I know you, so it's people going to think, oh, Moose, you're 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 biased. Okay, I know you, but that um, was extremely emotional mm. watching that. I'm glad I didn't do. I didn't. I'm, I didn't. I think it was. I made sure it wasn't the last thing I watched that evening because I wouldn't yes. want to go to bed watching that. Yeah. Not because it was because it was so moving. Um, and it was so powerful. There's a particular scene where you're talking with one of the um, teachers or well, one of the kind of staff. It's mm. brilliant how they've got support staff, not just teachers, mm. but te- it's like football teams. Yes. They've got like technical staff. Yeah, they brought like, in like, like the defensive coach. Squad manager, they've got like exactly. a director yeah. of education, all that. Mm. I love, and the one person they're talking to is the guy who goes, yeah, like you were saying how you used to crawl across the floor. Oh yeah. Yes, shuffle across in the class. Yeah. Mm. And the guy said, see, if we saw you shuffling across the class, yeah. we'd identify that as a pupil who's basically like, that's not a normal response. That's a coping no. mechanism. Or something. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And it was brilliant the way they broke that down. And I thought like what you're talking about, like um, these methods of acting out of children, just telling people, you know, something's not right. And I'd, yeah. encu- I'd encourage anyone listening to this podcast to watch that documentary because it is like, it's one of the most moving things I've, I've seen in a long time. I, I, I remember saying, to, I remember saying to Roscoe, you know what, when I finished doing it, cause it's quite a while and I had to, mm. I had to build myself up for a lot of stuff of course. in it. And I remember saying to Roscoe, when I finished doing it, and I said, I, I actually don't care if that goes out or not. It didn't make no, the, no difference to me if it went out or not, because the journey that I had when I went on it was, it was, it was tumultuous. It was, it was, it's the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, simply because yeah. I had to face things, like going back to the house, going back to the one room. That was so brave, know. dude. A lot of people don't do that. So like, there's a lot of things that I watch and we have had very different lives. There are some things that I, that resonate with me and you talking mm. about, um, you don't care if it goes out. That's how I feel about the work I've written, the books I've mm. written. Because you have achieved your own journey within the work, it doesn't matter mm. then what happens to it because you've healed. Mm. Um, I went back to my dad's village um, for the first time in 35 years recently. Um, and the, the last time I was there, I buried him in Uganda. Mm. And I went back then. The, one of the first things somebody said was, you've got a lot of guts coming back here because most people wouldn't. Most of that generation what? who lost people in the war, mm. they don't make this journey. And I went all the way to the north of Uganda to have yes. that moment. And you, yes. you going back to the house, I'm like, it's very brave to return to the place where everything mm. molded you. Yeah. Most people, they spend their entire lives running from that one. Every, there's a lot of people who've got one street, mm. one bedroom, one street corner, and they've spent their entire lives running from there and they will have partners and they will have kids. And they'll be like, why is that person always in their own head? And that person in their head, there's a tiny room in their head that is forever locked. And in that room, in that room is the front door of their house or their Mm. bedroom where it all happened. 
Do you know, yeah. um, when I, when I watched that, I, it really made me think about a time that I went back with, um, Chris Akabusi mm. to oh his childhood home. Wow. And, yeah. um, we did a, we did a really short piece for, for the BBC for the one show and Chris Akabusi went through, uh, foster care and he mm. went through, uh, something called a uh, practice called farming and not many people would know what this is, but essentially a lot of West African families would give their really, really small children to white working class foster to parents and um, back mm. in the seventies and the eighties, and Chris was a was a was a product of that of that practice, and he spoke about some of the abuse that he received in those houses, and it mm. broke my heart watching the documentary yesterday because a lot of the things you were speaking about were done by people who are meant to love you, meant to love you, you know, who are That's meant to be in. Yeah. Like, the trust ones, the ones that tr- you're meant you're, to trust. You're meant to trust them. You're there. You are meant to be in mind, you know, when it comes down to that person. And then Chris would speak about people that he would go from home to home with. And, and that for him, that level of abuse of people that he didn't even know properly, who his parents had entrusted essentially, and they were doing that to him. Mm. And when you went back into the, I don't want to give too much away, but when you went back no, to the house sorry. and you, you went into the room and, and you spoke about the match of the day story. I just mm. thought to myself, what the hell? Like mm. such, such a, a simple thing, but so powerful. And, and for, for someone to understand the impact that that has on a child, mm. it, 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 it I found that really difficult, you know, yeah, like, I just yeah. thought, what could I do? Why would I do that to my son? Like yeah. to, to make him feel the type of way to make me feel empowered. You know what, Jeanette? I, I remember the lady, I had to speak to Lady Neary. And she said, and I, cause I grew up not feeling like that, the mental abuse and the physical abuse that you get. And we had it in our generation. Everybody had it, um, the mental abuse and the physical abuse. But I remember when I spoke to her, I didn't feel when I spoke to other people, I didn't feel like, um, yeah, but it's fine. I'm not going through stuff. When she said to me, um, that you have probably experienced the worst kind of, um, abuse simply because it came from the person that you needed and loved and trusted the most. Yes. And so as I went through the whole journey of it, because my mum never sp- speaks about it, you know, there's too much drink, too, he, he was smoking too much weed, it was all the stuff that was going on. But all the time in my life, because my mum's still alive, never speaks about it. And all I keep thinking about is, what's my mum's journey been, man? Mm. Oh my God. What, yeah. has, what yeah. has happened to my mum? She won't she emerges speak. so well. She emerges so well from the documentary. She's, it's vitally you know. important to me for that to happen because when I went yeah. into it, Moose, I didn't know how I was feeling because I've been I've, I've been angry with my mum for many years, especially yeah. when all of a sudden I've gone from everybody's disliked me all the way up to when literally when I turned up, turned into a football, all of a sudden everybody loves me. So I had a lot of anger, and then I had a lot of feeling used through the fact that I can help so many people, mm. and I was angry with a lot of people who all of a sudden hated me for most of my life. They hated me. Now all of a sudden everybody loves me. So now I feel used and I'm angry. Mm. So everything, and then everything's starting to manifest on the pitch. So anything that happened, just like when I was a child, as when I went outside, if I lost the football match, if I lost anything, I'm fighting someone. Bam, instantly. Well, it's funny because it's called, it's called, um, is it Home Truths? And it's out yes. on the 6th of May, is it? Yeah. Yeah. 9 p.m. BBC One, I think. Yeah. And so anyone check it out. But I just think what's really powerful is your mother is, without giving too much away, she's mm. she's not in it. But she kind of hangs over it and she emerges, I think, as a very sympathetic figure because you just understand. You don't understand, but you just get a vague sense of why what, what, what she must have absorbed mm. and the yeah. fact that she fought for you. And your brother as well is just my amazing. Brother your brother is 
you know what? So I look how, at him how was think, he talking about that with you, right? You know the thing is, you know the thing is, you can really see the brother relationship. He's like, especially when you finish talking, he's like, oh, shut up, man. Like, move on. Yeah, like, man. You know? It was when we was younger because remember, I, Morris is the whole world to me, right? Because he's the one I remember more than anything else. And when if people do see it, they'll see some of the reasons why we're so bonded. He was so good at football when he was younger. Wasn't quick. Good left foot, good right foot, could head the ball, could do everything quite naturally. Could write with his left hand, write with his right hand. He was very, um, he, he was very like intelligent. It's, it's got all of that about him. And he used to tease me, to tease me forever <laughs> about everything, Moose. You can see it, but you it can was, see it. Yeah, yeah. We, we got through a stage, but when we was younger, all he done was protected me, especially in that room. In the stuff that he used to do, and I didn't realise why he was covering my ears. I didn't realise why he didn't want me to go somewhere when you can hear stuff going on in a room. And he would keep me to the point where I'm angry with him because he's holding me from going somewhere. But I don't realise what he's doing, but he knows what he's, why, what he's stopping me from seeing. Incredible. Yeah. And so when me, we started talking about it, I remember Morris. Morris said, I, I, didn't re- I didn't think you remember all that. Because Morris was the comedic, like in our house, the funny stuff would come from Morris. Mm. It all come from Morris. He'd say stuff under his breath about my mum when she'd say something. He'd say stuff about my stepdad and stuff like that. He was so funny, but for him to speak about it, he doesn't do anything. You know, he's never left. The, he's never left the country. He looks wow. after my mum now. He's never left the country. He's just that guy who would just stay there and be and be loyal to he's what, a rock. Honestly, that's community. That's the I was like, Evan, the community. You know, he is. I looked at him. I thought to myself immediately. That's the uncle that takes people to the seven eight the football matches. That's the That's uncle the that gets you out of bed on the Sunday. Yeah. That's the uncle. Yeah. You know, like Raheem Sterling's got a guy in his book. I don't know if it's Richard. He runs a youth club. Mm. There's a guy that runs a youth club and he's like, and Raheem Sterling would go there and he was young and he was like, Raheem, yes. what do you want to do, do with your life? What do you want to do, Raheem? What do you yeah. like doing? Not with your life, but what do you like doing, Raheem? Mm. He's like, I like playing football. And the uncle, this guy, the uncle, he's like, he's like, oh, I've got a team. You should come and play for them. And he goes and he trains with them. That's the beginning. Mm. And it's just because... That guy has that kind of thing where you immediately trust him. And I saw Morris yeah. on screen. I'm like, that's the guy. I was like, it that's is. the guy when you're running from house to house, knocking on the door and you're not, you know, when you're a kid, you're not sure which yeah. door to knock on to get help. You, for some reason, you knock on Morris's door. Yeah. And I you immediately saw that. And I was like, you yeah. know, here's the, the heartbreaking thing. It's not everyone has a Morris. No. Yeah. no. Not everyone, far from it. And that's what you see when you, you see this documentary and you see what you go through and people who've, suffered abuse, who've perpetrated abuse, you know, men who've abused, abuse in turn because they don't mm-hmm. deal with their own thing. And I thought to myself, this documentary is going to help people. Absolutely. Both break abuser break, and abused. Break the cycle. And then also you think about yeah, the fact that, you know, we've been, we've been in, uh, you know, lockdown, obviously yeah. coming out of a partial lockdown for the best part of the year now. And mm. what, not everybody's home is safe. So mm. when you're in a position now where you actually can't leave your house wow. and I, it, it, it made me feel, it makes me feel quite claustrophobic watching mm. stuff like that. And I'm, you know, and I'm in a very safe and happy home. But I think about a lot of the women that are in that position where their routine, you know, whether it be going to the hairdressers or doing something that gets them away from the house, they yeah. haven't been able to do that for, yeah. for the best part of the year. So the cases have shot up. Yes. Like, why isn't there some sort of, um, gosh, it's like a, it's like a first aid kit for somebody to be able to identify the signs of somebody who you yeah. see and you think to yourself, oh my goodness, this yeah. person's going through yeah. it. Can I, can I raise a warning? And it, it, we don't think about the impact it has on children. We don't, no. you know. Jeanette, there's an unbelievable stat. A million women experienced domestic abuse like last year. And in 90% oh, yeah. of the, of the cases, there's children present. 90%. A million. It's still like two women a week 
are being killed through mm. domestic abuse. And I remember what, that's why we're going back in that room and I don't want to make it too doom and gloom for people because it's, but it's very difficult to start talking about this stuff to, to not, it just not just continue to go with me because going in that room is, is where I saw some of the worst things ever happen to my mum. Horrible. Yeah. And there's children present, but like the government didn't recognise that um, children's, children being present has an effect on them. And now they're trying to change the law. Even up to last year, they're still trying to change the law. I think they've changed the law, but it's still not come into effect because children are present and children are just being left to move on in life, um, to, to get on with their own, de- to, like to get on with their own devices. And it's, it's what's going to happen is that it's just going to get worse. Cause like you mentioned earlier, to try break the cycle, you have to do something to intervene. It's so and what's hard. wild is as well, like, cause that, that, that stat you gave, that's, that's in the, that's in the UK alone, a million yeah. women in the UK alone. Mm-hmm. And that's, and the interesting thing as well, this, these cuts across like barriers of age, race, class, the, these demographics, this, this domestic abuse cuts across so many barriers. So people almost are like, oh, the stereotypical abuser is from this, that background. It's, it's not yes. like that. This is no, all, not. all demographics. And it's why people don't catch it because it's so subtle. I remember talking to a friend about this and without wanting to like make it too doom and gloom. No. She would talk about someone in her kind of community, like a senior executive who had like, in quotes, perfect marriage. And the mother mm. would like, the mother would like spend a lot longer just covering up and powdering up. Oh God. And it was part of her routine just to cover mm. up and powder up because yep. people wouldn't believe it was happening anyway. Mm-hmm. And that was just so commonplace. You know, and but the worst thing was as well, that it was, it was openly discussed within the circles, but I remember thinking like, who's intervening with that woman? Mm. Who's intervening to help? Is everyone knew it was happening. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say, you know, I have these conversations with my husband. I, I say to him, if we were aware that this was happening within our network, within our, with our group of friends, like, do, what do we do? Do we keep, do we mind our business? I feel like culturally there's a big part of us that, you know what, actually, let people handle it. That's what they always it. say to us, let yeah. me mind my, my, let me mind my business. Or do you do actually that. go in and say, this isn't good or you need to come with like what how far you need to have a strategy you need to have a strategy strategy, I I would Jeanette because like what you say there is perfectly right and it's it's used to happen when we was younger but when we was younger it was we lived in the the estate it was happening to everyone was it was the same we knew that lady would be was being physically abused that lady over there like you see women walking around with black eyes and stuff oh my god no one intervened but for me now I'm not if, if, if I'm in a circle of friends especially what I've been through and I know that's happening, I'm saying something and yeah, I'm saying yeah. something simply so as they know that I know, so as then they will have to check themselves in and around me because we cannot continue to have the same kind of conversations when I know what's going on. I can't, do, I can't do can't. it. Do you know what's I've had, well? I've had somebody, I've had somebody where <laughs> I remember we was down there, we were staying down in their place, down in the country mm. and I could hear it and I just had to <laughs> go in and said, we're leaving. We're leaving, and if and if this doesn't, we, we went. I'm going to take her with us. I said I can't stay Jeez, here because I can hear the bullying, and I can hear the noises. What when I was younger, when yeah. you're not in the room and you hear no, these noises, you know I said, exactly I can't what's sit going and be a part of this. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you feeling after it though, right? Like what, when when you've done it and you've watched it back and you've been through the process, how how are you, Jeanette? I slept very very well for the first time in a long time because I was able to speak to my mum. Wow. When I went to see my mum and stuff like that, I was able to speak to her. Obviously, she's still not going to speak with it. But I just felt like um, there was a lot of, there, there was, a, there was a, a, a real, like, what's it called? You know, those torrents going down the valley. Yeah. I just felt very calm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt very calm and I feel very calm now. 
and especially having daughters mm. myself, there's certain things that even your mannerisms and the way you are and the way I speak to my wife and the way I speak to my, my, my girls and that you have to be mindful of everything. And that's what, that's what it's done to me. It's, done, it's made me mindful of how I am as a man in a house around women and with yeah. women. Yeah. I'm getting told off on a daily basis now still. And I, I'm thinking to myself with my, my, with my girls, I put the toilet seat down all the time now, Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't even sit down. I'm going to sit toilet. down. We are, <laughs> because I've got an eight year old and, a, and a, an 11 year old who's telling me what, what the toilet seat, man. Was it? That's where we are. But I like the vibe and the, the relationship I've got with my girls because I want them to be in a situation no matter what mode and I'm in, whether mm. I'm tired or whether like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in that kind of like stern mode. They can approach me at yes. any time. Yes. Yeah. It's essential. And it's important. It's People talking about, you know, I've got my daughters, I've got my sons, obviously, but I saw something the other day where people were talking about, you know, to change women, make sure you've got your phone, make sure you're doing this and that. No, people say, teach your sons better. Mm-hmm. Teach yeah. your sons yeah. how to deal and treat women better. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're putting the responsibility of, of the, on the woman to, yeah. to be safe. But it's, 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 it's a lot of unlearning, I think, that needs to be done. Absolutely. Sure. A, lot, a, lot, a lot, lot, of lot of unlearning. And there was, there's just, just before we move on, there was one thing I want to say. Like um, back in the day, we used to train with um, Matthew Upson. He used to come down yeah. and do speed Matty. work with us. Matty, he's so lovely. And um, we were talking about like um, domestic violence and um, to how people, how fans get really angry sometimes at the, at the football players and how they shout and they scream. And he goes to me, and I'll never forget this. He goes, you know what, Jeanette, if it means that on a Saturday at three o'clock that a fan comes and shouts at me and says what he has to say, but it means he doesn't go home and hits his wife, he goes, I'll take that all day you long. You'll take that. Oh, and my I goodness. Thought, wow. That's amazing. I, I, I'd never even like that, thought yeah. about it like that. Mm. And I just thought... If, if if that is the outlet and that is the environment, yeah, you don't mm. want it to be like that. But what is that taken away from? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, whoa, that is deep. yeah. It was, that. it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. When he said it, it stayed with mm. me for years. For that sure. Wild. A, so that's gonna that's home truths. Um, it's gonna be on Thursday, six man BBC one nine o'clock. So, you know, I'd like people to watch that. Just just to watch that. I think that's gonna resonate with a lot of people. You know, yeah, yeah. it was a tough Definitely. one, but it had to be done. Guys, did you see any of the um, the Leicester Palace game? I yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah. what I really enjoyed about that game? The way Palace were. There was a bit, because Palace hadn't, they hadn't played for, what, I think it's 16 days. So, And they, mm. it was really evident to me that they looked rested. They looked energised. Mm. But there was, the way they started the game, they were really solid and really good. And there was this, this kind of threat about them. Yeah. And Leicester, Leicester started how they start. They're kind of like, okay, we'll get going. And then before you know it, bam, Palace yeah, do, do their stuff. But yeah. there was a bit in the game, and I remember sending a message to Roscoe, just where, you know when the ball kind of rolls from the, um, like from the midfield and then you've got two of your main guys, go, two of the guys going towards it, but one Zaha and one might be Milivojevic. And like Milivojevic would just go, well, you know, just step out of the way. Yeah. The ball, I saw it last night. The ball was kind of running towards Eze and Zaha at the same time. Zaha moved out of the way. Honestly, I instantly, I got my phone out, Jeanette, went to Roscoe. I said, Roscoe, I just saw it. I just saw the handing over. The respect. Oh, the, yeah. the respect. I just yeah. saw it. And you know what? It happened so naturally. That, yeah. that All that says is, is in training, 
Wilfred and the rest of them have seen so much that now it's in them to know when the ball's in and around, right, we're getting ready to do something, let him have it. Just trust Wilf, him. Literally, That's wonderful. Wilf, honestly, it was, yeah. when I watched it, I thought, there's a hand in over the baton. Yeah. Right there. Just, yeah. That, so it, that for me makes Wilfred Zaha say, I'm, I'm ready to probably, if I have to stay for the rest of my career and you can bring more like him, yeah. Then I feel like something can happen. Oh you seen that? You seen that with Vardy yeah. and Iheanacho? Do you think? You think that that's the kind of similar? You think that Vardy's trusting him a lot more, and Iheanacho's taking the chances and, and going for it because he 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 looks so good. Vardy's really interesting. Vardy loves being the kind of elder statesman in that team. Mm. See how he celebrates with Castagna after his goal, yes, and like yes. the way he runs. Vardy is very um, generous. I think he really loves leading he that dressing room. So generous. Okay. Very, does that make sense? For somebody, yeah. for somebody, and you know, he's talking about, you, you could see when he does his shit outsery, when he's celebrating he's, and he's winding up fans, mm. he has got a kind of an anger and a determination about him mm. that you never see reflected on his teammates. If a ball doesn't come to him, if he doesn't, yes. he yes. is tirelessly working for the team. Yeah. Never complains. Mm. Yes, yes. I think never. In, in all, if you look at all the people in the Premier League who are most likely to organise a team barbecue. Vardy is right up there. He's at the top top 2% most likely to organise a team barbecue. Mm -hmm. He just has Mm -hmm. that thing where, you know, you see it in Messi as well. Messi's more of a kind of loner, but you can imagine Messi like, just the way Messi celebrates with his teammates. Yeah. You can see him running the barbecue, but he's got his stuff on. Of course, you've got stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? You've got the Argentine beer. Oh, Leo, it's got the most taste. It's it's very good with the meat. It's very good with the meat. Taste it. Try it with the meat, please. Try it with the meat before, but don't worry. I've got so much more there, but please try it. And the young guys at the back are like, hey, Leo, Leo talks, Leo talks a lot when he's at home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo talks a lot at home. Oh my God. God. You can see what, what, exactly like that. Yeah. But Leicester, but Leicester though, Jeanette, Mm. can I just say again, because when I'm watching the games now, I found that I need to watch the game with the tactical camera where you can see the whole pitch. Yes. That's what's happened to me now. Watching it in isolation, I find it very hard. But I watched it yesterday and the, the, their first goal with Tielemans, again, it's just these little instances what I'm looking forward to with the, the Euros because we're, we're now getting into the, mm-hmm. the top players, the, the, the ones that if you give them too much space, mm-hmm. it's over, right? Because Tielemans, the pass, what Tielemans puts in is the kind of pass that the defenders in the midfield are saying, Okay, you've got enough time, but can you do the pass? Bam, you're Done dead. It. Yeah. Passes in there. Yeah. And when you watch that kind of quality, um, because you are underestimating the ability of the player, that's why I love watching him. I love like De Bruyne, like yeah. uh, now Foden. They do mm-hmm. not miss. They do not miss the when they're in that kind of um, area of the field and you've given them too much time. He literally put a ball into an area where you think to yourself, oh my God, the defender actually fell over once, um, once Iniacho attacked it. And that says to me, Musa, he wasn't expecting the ball to be able to be so pinpoint because yes, all of a sudden yes. he's, he's, he's shocked. He has yeah. to move. I love watching that. It's quality, like you said. And I think this is, this is the time of the season where, yeah, you might be tired, but if you've still got the quality now, that shows you're in the top percentile of what you are doing on yes. the pitch as a yeah. player. Like this is, where, yeah. where are we? End of April, May. Yeah. And when you're showing that here, at this stage of the season, then you're, you're elite. Do you know, I want to jump in and just talk about, I, I was watching a lot of, um, been watching a lot of uh, Spain games again. Mm-hmm. You know, those games in Spain, like score one and they win one, the levels, oh, Spain are boring. So I was re-watching yeah. Spain, Germany last night, World Cup semi-final 2010. Right. That is a one nil thrashing. Yeah. That game, the, Spain absolutely hammered Germany. And it was amazing watching the game. You look at, what's funny, uh, Jeanette, is I reckon Xavi 
has pulled more players' hamstrings with amazing through balls. Oh, God. The amount of time. Stretching. <laughs> it's like that De Bruyne passed against Leicester yes. not too long ago <laughs> where they think, I can't. No. You, you realise because they concede goals late against Spain because they're exhausted because the amount of times Xavi yeah. basically spots a gap and hammers it through and the defender stretches a leg and Schweinsteiger will stop it last minute or Mertesacker at the last minute they stop they extend a leg and the amount of times in the last 20 minutes these players are so exhausted they allow the space because mm. Xavi has just been like it's, it's, just, like, uh, it's, like, it's like WD-40 you know WD-40 you keep putting it on the hinges and eventually the, the door just falls away Chavi yeah. is there like, oh, oil, oil. Oh, nothing's happening. Oh, the door is fine. Then crash, crash all yes. over the house. The door's crashed. <laughs> yes. That's Chavi. Yes. You know what? Just a quick one. You see the, um, the Leeds Man United game? Yes. Just quickly, simply because I just love the way Leeds, because obviously remember they got beat six up there. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Doing this man marking thing, following people around. And then watched them the other day and watched out people talking about Bielsa, one dimensional, can't adapt, this and that. Leeds... Leeds the other day, it was a masterpiece. And it's really strange because I sent a message and I sent a message to Calvin Phillips saying, bro, excellent, fantastic yeah. performance. He sent a message back saying that was a hard day at the office. Yes. Following them man around and trying. I don't, I, I, I cannot imagine guys what it'd be like to play against a city and look at United where you're thinking, yeah, United could be doing more. They're not even where United are supposed to be. And you've got man like that who's saying that was a hard day at the office. But look how good their second results are. Look how, you know, you know what Leeds are? Mm. You know, like in uh, well, the Matrix, right. you've got, they're like Agent Smith. You know, when like Neo <laughs> fights them again, he's like, upgrades. Yes. See, see, <laughs> see how... <laughs> there are soft upgrades. Leads, they upgrades. Look, they did it to City. They upgraded okay. from the one yeah. all. Then they got the result again. They yeah. got yeah, and they did it to they do United. They're upgrading. Yeah. But if you give Bielsa two looks at you, I'd be fascinated to see what he does in the second game because he's like, mm. yes, we've seen this. Yes, the first game was merely know. a trial. Yeah. Oh, Marcelo, yeah, yeah. you lost five 0 It was merely a trial. We conceded <laughs> it was an experiment. <laughs> it was merely exactly. an experiment. Exactly. <laughs> yes, we conceded the battle to win the law, win the war. Yeah, but exactly. That, that, that says a lot about a team and a unit. You know that you can come back and it's almost like unlocking those levels and saying, "All right, cool. Yes. We've seen, seen what it's like now, but we're back. That layer stripped back, and now we know how to definitely work against the team." Yeah. Like, Work against yep. the qualifying team round versus organized. final, qualifying yes. round versus 100%. final. You just got to step up your game. Yeah. I think he thought they were going to do the same thing. Mm. He didn't realize that they went back to they went to the guys and said upload, upgrade because yeah. Calvin Phillips only followed Bruno Fernandez in certain places, but then yes, bam, last he him. followed too much. Last yeah. he followed too much. Yeah, he, he got followed him out. to the point where Fernand- it was it was ridiculous. It made Calvin Phillips look like he's not an intelligent footballer. And he is. He's just all he was doing was following orders because his job Fernandez, was, yeah. Fernandez literally walked out of the middle of the pitch, which is Calvin Phillips's domain. And Calvin yeah. Phillips had to go with him. McTominay, blam. Yeah. And Luke Shaw, bam, just blasted through. So it was just really good. Once Leeds, and the thing about Leeds is that they're so exciting. Yeah, very yes. exciting. Once they, get, once they get, honestly, get the crowd back in there, get a couple more signings, Listen, I'm telling you. It's serious. They how, how, that makes me so excited. How much difference do you think that's going to that's gonna make for next season? Like, li- like we haven't had a season of Leeds fans yet. That, yeah. that, how exciting that's is that? That's why I'm quite pleased they stayed up. It's, it's amazing simply because I feel that even the game against United, United at Leeds, Leeds fans would have started to really ramp that up. So because they're stopping them, I think they would have like gone forward with even more gusto. I think so that's fast. what we're losing. We're losing that more than anything. When you get to a certain level of the game, because you haven't got the crowd pushing you, giving you that extra bit mm. to go for teams, 
that extra bit that makes defenders and people make mistakes, that extra bit that makes the fans say, oh my God, they get, the, get the opposing players to say, oh my gosh, we're getting into the latter stages and they're really coming on top. Listen to the crowd. When we get that back, we're yeah. just going to start getting football back properly. I wonder what speed, I wonder how much the speed has been effective for games with the absence of the crowd because I was watching, mm. um, again, these old like Barcelona games and there was a thing that Messi, Dani Alves and Xavi combined. Do you mm. know what I had to do, both of you? I had to rewind it three times oh just to understand. <laughs> oh my god! You know, I did. I'm like an old man. I'm not drawing a diagram. <laughs> but that happened but, there, and that honestly, was honestly. <laughs> no. Moose, Moose, I love, I love watching a game. This is why when you get to the latter stages of the, the chap, like the game, the Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich and PSG game. Oh when you goodness. watch, when you watch the, the just the, the way they're on the ball, the way they. The controlling and the passing of the ball is is totally it's not even something that's in their minds. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is so smooth and clean to yeah. the right to the right side of the midfielder, to the right side of the forward, where the forward comes off, he comes off at the proper angle, links to play. Any these are the games I love watching because any mistake when you're playing in that kind of game, crucial, yeah. you're going to be punished. And yeah. I love watching, like for instance, Erlen Haaland's goal the other day. Against right, Wolfsburg. Yeah, we just it was like cuts through. As, but the thing, you know what it was? It was like when the camera, the camera, so it, it broke through. They passed the guy passed the ball through, and when he started moving, and he just started to tear away from the defender, and they had a front shot of him. He, he just looked like he looked like a monster. It's like yeah. Batman with his wings out. You know, when Batman jumps off the building exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cloak, yeah. and the cloak. Yeah. Yeah. The moment he crossed the halfway line, the cloak Batman came out with his wings out, yeah. and, and then you gone. know what? He was gone. There was never any doubt no, yeah. no and that no. is the difference you. when yeah. you see a player go through like that as well is the goalkeeper and I've said that on here before it, it, the only thing that can save him because remember he's got to come out he's got to try and narrow angles goal is the same size no matter where he is he's trying to narrow the angle he's only looking for the default for the forward to have a touch that he can try yeah. and either set himself to go back a little bit more yeah to come forward or do something when you're watching Erlen Haaland and the way that he went through to the point where he just ran towards him, ran towards him and slotted down the side because every single touch was perfect. It's perfect. It was like Martinelli. Yeah. Again, it was like Martinelli against Chelsea when Kante slipped. The goalkeeper, his, balance, his balance was perfect as well. It was absolutely yes. perfect. He had five touches. That was one of those where I, I rewinded it because I was watching him. I was watching the goalkeeper because I'm thinking... The goalkeeper is thinking he needs to have a bad touch. So by, the time bad they, touch. by the time he gets to him, Jeanette, and he just slots it, people say, the goalkeeper didn't even do it. The goalkeeper can't he knew, do anything. But he knew that the goalkeeper was looking and thinking, right, every single touch right Every now. single touch, because he yeah. needs the bad touch so yeah. he can then readjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, the, so that the, the forward has to then either look down to see where the ball is Small or do so as he can change a position. No. When your touches are that perfect, yeah. And then you just see them get to the goalkeeper, You've slot it no in, chance. you think, well, that was easy. That's because the Let's be honest. Yeah. Are, are amazing. The only thing saving yeah. him was God's mercy at that point. The God's <laughs> mercy. God's <laughs> mercy. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> That's all it was. I do wonder what's going through the keeper's mind there when you see a striker coming to He needs a mistake, like Jeanette. He needs I a think mistake. It's obli- I think it's oblivion. I think you started spearing a higher plane. I think you started Ooh. seeing it from above. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a goal. Out of body experience. You're, 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 you're a spectator watching yourself. Yes. When Ertensena used to do Formula One and qualify for Monte Carlo, he got scared. He scared himself because he'd have these out of body experiences. Mm-hmm. He would disappear above the crowd and look down at himself wow. driving and get so scared he'd have to come back into his car. Jeez. I think I think in those big games, I think that the elite finishers 
They're so they serene. I mean, I mean, yeah. Ryan, don't hate me for saying this, but there's a moment in the 1995 uh, Champions League semi-final when AC Milan beat Red Star Belgrade, mm. and Savicevic scores twice. Right. And both finishes are mind-blowing. They're like Holland's finish. And in both cases, he basically comes through. And one of them, he controls the ball in midair on his thigh while he's going past mm -hmm. the play. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And both of the finishes are like outside, it's inside of the left foot in the far corner. Yeah. And the keeper has no chance. It's no like, chance. it's almost like when you watch it, it's almost like watching a baptism or a blessing. It's so over with. Yeah. It's, it's so like, it's such a, it's, you know, it's like, it's like watching yeah. a ritual. Yeah. When you watch that level of finishing, it's like a ritual. Yeah. Yes, I like that. I love that news. <laughs> Jeanette. <laughs> no, I'm laughing I because go, it, I went, I went Methodist there. Yeah, but it's true. But it, take, it takes Beautiful. such a level of composure to be able to do that. Like, yes. you, can't, yes. you, you can't just turn that on also. I don't think that. You, you're having to do that week in, week out in training in some capacity. Yes. Yes. When yes. you're in a stadium in that pressurised environment and you're able to turn it on like that, that is, it's frightening. I'm sorry. It's it, it, absolutely it goes, frightening. It goes blur. When you go through, so I, when you watch some players go through, you think, oh, he's not scoring. Yeah, no way. Can tell, you can, see, tell, can tell. When you see, man, like, that's why I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the Euros, very much looking forward to the ending of the, like, the, like the Champions League, because I know I'm going to see something Real of high quality. I hope Mbappe's, yeah. I hope Mbappe's fit. But then again, maybe it's Manchester City's time. Before we skip on this, I want to um, just talk about Mbappe very quickly. I was re-watching, like, I got into a World Cup wormhole, as you can tell. In big games, he will score like a couple of goals. Like, mm -hmm. like he did it to Bayern, did it to Argentina because he's really good at mastering the mood. He's really good at knowing this team is basically like on the edge. They're down. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to hammer them. I'm, I'm going to get the go second now. goal that will do them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have examples of athletes, I suppose, who kind of have that moment where they just elevate yeah. and they can sense the weakness and they elevate even more? Do you have yeah, that? Yeah, like, you know what it is? I think that if you're, if you're a big championships and you've got a couple of rounds over a couple of days, you have to be able to pace yourself, right? You mm, know that if yeah, you're yeah. going to get to a final, for example, or the last round of whatever it may be, you mm. know that that's where you need to go into that kind of walk drive. Like, Zen place, yeah. About, like, you need to yeah. be on the, you know, in mm. the next place. Yeah, so like, I guess, you know, whether it be an Olympics or a world championships, like where you know that it's a, you have to leave it at all on the track, mm. for sure, because you're just asking your body for maybe two hours, including the warm-up and the actual race itself, to be in a place in a space that is going to take you there. And essentially, if you're a sprinter, it's like 11 seconds, 10 seconds is all you need to be able to, from the gun to the finish, like it just... It, it, Do you ever think of injury? Do you ever think, oh my gosh, I hope my... It only if, I, I tell you what, my... right, it only if you have experienced injury quite recently before that race like you okay. may it may be in the back of your mind but if mm. you fit oh my god that's the last thing on your mind you're like right yeah. okay my body's in the next place I'm just gonna go for it and you you literally just have to put one foot in front of the other and just and, and move as fast as you can because that's the essence isn't it we speak mm. about footballers yeah. moving and moving with a ball you know with an object that is a, it's a different kind of skill but fundamentally it's the same kind of thing I need to be able to get from here to here as quick as I can and to be able to, to, to put this one away and finish it. And that for me is, that's the exciting thing. How are you able to finish off something that you've put a lot of work into in the yeah. six seconds beforehand? So Gosh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's so finite. It's so small the, yes, in terms of the details and the margin. One thing, guys, my coach used to say to me, and this goes, I think, for, for so many sports people, he used to say before mm. a big championships or if, you know, if something was really at stake, he'd say to me, in the morning, before the race, what do you want your headline to be tomorrow morning? Mm. And it was that. Wow. And that wow. was it. Like, that what, makes do you, sense. what do you want it yeah. to be? And I'd have to tell him. 
I'd have mm. to tell him, this is what I want the headline to say tomorrow morning. If you look on the back page of the paper, this is what it's going to say. So you're, you're holding yourself so accountable to your performance and your result. Like, and you've got, like I say, a, a window to be able to make that happen. Cause it's not, it's not waiting for you. Olympics ain't no, going nowhere. Like, you know, it's, it's happening. Whether or not Greatness. you're there. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. You know, you know, that's, 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 awesome. the, that's, that's words to live by as well. That's words to live by just in different contexts, like in terms of what do you want to be seen as, as a sibling, mm. as a parent, as a partner? Yeah. You know, what do you want that headline to be? What do you want? There's a great Kurt Vonnegut quote. Um, he does a cartoon of what he wants his gravestone to be. And it's like hmm. the, the perfect gravestone is basically name someone, age, sometime to sometime. And then it just mm. says, they tried. That's on mine. I say, I, I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to be in the conversation. That is what it comes to, for me. Yeah. Just be in the conversation. Talking conversations, man. Sorry, no. sorry, to, sorry to talk of conversations. <laughs> Should we say great, Jeanette? Sorry to. Do you know what? I did, when you said that <laughs> last night, yeah, I was, I was, mm. I was on the laptop and I was scrolling through, and I saw on my socials that people are voting for something. I'm like, what's everyone voting? What's this voting? <laughs> Premier League voting. So I clicked on, <laughs> and it says Premier League Hall of Fame. Moose, have you seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hall of I, Fame. I, I voted. Listen, I voted. Same, I voted. Same. Oh my god! Can I, can I tell you what I did? Sorry, Miss. I just got to say. Can I tell you what I did? <laughs> yeah. I logged on and I didn't realise it, it was in alphabetical order, yeah? So I'm scrolling through, I'm thinking, hold on a minute, why can't I see a certain name here? So I get yeah. all the way down to the bottom. Uh, and w. Said, okay, W. Ian right. Wrong. I just thought, oh, what? No. Well, I was thinking now these people are taking a mick. I, I honestly thought for one minute that no. your name wasn't on there, but obviously you were last right, Ian. I thought, okay, good. But um, it's... <laughs> It's, it's one of those, like I say, man, it's like you, and plus, I don't know when, what, what's going to happen with it, but I, I literally, I don't care. I just, in the conversation, yeah. from where I, came, I could not even have if envisaged being in and around this stuff when I'm like, let's say 21, mm. 21, right? So I'm starting playing at 22. So it, there's nothing that anyone could do or say now with my name being in there or not, that could have taken away what I've tried to do to get to a certain level where if they're talking about players and Hall of Fame kind of stuff to get in. I wasn't thinking of that, but mm. I wanted to put myself in the conversation. That's what I've done. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very nice to see your name amongst it. And I'm sure that once it comes to a certain time that people will say whatever they say about, he shouldn't be there, he should be this and that. That's fine. But the main thing is you're in the conversation. Exactly. That's, that's for me. Yeah. That's all it is. People don't realise that greatness isn't actually a, it's not a mountaintop. It's a plateau. Mm. Yes, it's not. A, it's not a mountain. It was a peak for one person. It's a plateau, and it's where people reach you. And it's greatness is a thing. Everyone knows when they see it. Pavel Nedved, great. Oh God, yeah. Luka Modric, that. great. You just mm. know it. You don't need. It's it's um, it's a universal approval where people can see it and they recognise. And to be there, and like I will be voting on two laptops. Sorry, Premier League, but <laughs> <laughs> I will be casting my votes. Listen, <laughs> I'll vote on my phone. I'll vote on every electronic it's device. It's true. It's true because it's just that. Like you have to recognise yeah. it. You absolutely you have to, recognize, have to game. recognize that. Like, and for me, I think it just means so much more. There were some great names on there. I think you're allowed to pick yeah. six people, right? And I picked yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. I picked yeah. six. Don't yeah. I pick yeah, six. I'm not going to say yeah. I picked six. I think that's important. But like, just so you know, the first name I was looking for. Stop it. Yeah. No, we have to, right? Because it's true. Like, I'm not even. I don't even care if you're blushing. Yeah, but like I say, the, the, like, Jeanette, I can't. Um, because we're seeing the, the, the names of the, the good and the great in that. Mm. Yeah, I, I still, as, as much as I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm not trying to be 
too modest because I've worked hard to get to get where I where I supposedly am, where I am, right? Mm. But the fact is, it's still very. Um, it's not even a humbling. It's I feel it's embarrassing. I feel like oh my god, really? Am I in there? Oh my god, thanks a lot. Because I remember <laughs> when I got into the England squad, mm. I it was like it's like they let a fan loose in the fucking in, in the England squad. I couldn't believe I was with those guys and I'm with them. And they're all saying, oh, right, you're brilliant. And you, you, you cannot believe you're, you're amongst those names. It's, it's, it, it, it's very, very, hum- it's, it's humbling for me. I still can't believe it. You're going to vote. Yeah, but that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to vote for a certain man. Can I, can, I, can, I say, can I say this, yeah. Ian? Um, I didn't vote for you first. Uh, no problem. That's not I voted for Burkamp first because we're going to need service. I say, if he's in the Hall of Fame, because yeah. if he gets into the Hall of Fame without Burkamp, we'll never hear the end of it. He's like, there's no one to pass to me. Who's no going to What's the point? No one knows I my run. I actually don't want to be in there. Yeah. It's, it's no pointless me yeah. being there. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, because I'm we'll never hear the, the end. Of, yeah, if you get in there and Burkamp doesn't, it'll be like, ah, oh, no one understands the runs that I make. No one's hitting. I was like, yeah, okay. This, and this will just, it'll be calm this way. It'll be calm for everyone. What it really shows to me is, this is how we should have been respecting and revering players for a long time. Yeah. The Hall of Fame should be a hundred years old. Yeah. There should be Preston North End players there. There yeah. should be like, you know, all of that because our infrastructure in football, we're not very good at honouring our our great players. Yeah. Probably a conversation for another pod because we're, you know, going to get kicked out soon. But I do feel like when we speak about why we don't give footballers that deserve that level of respect, why they don't get it, like what what is the reason behind that? Is that a cultural thing? Because it's almost yeah. as if that... that if there's a negative thing about that particular player, it's it, like it overrides everything. You yeah. forget completely about, you forget about how good they are, how amazing yeah. they are and things that mm. they've done. Can I say this as well, before I go as well, before I get kicked out, you'll be someone that raised it for people. And that's the thing. It goes further than medals. It's bigger than trophies. It's moments, right? Yeah. I don't remember people holding league, league titles up above their heads. I remember moments. I remember games where mm. it could have gone either way. And that person stepped in specifically and transformed it to something that we couldn't imagine, something which lives yes. in us now. And that is, that's what greatness is. Yes, my friend. Feeling. Always. Nice one. Nice. One. I wish people could have seen how Jeanette done the feeling. Yes. <laughs> in my system. In your soul. Oh, wow. You're spreading, your, like your spirit was taking flight. It was, no, it, that was really nice. Feeling. That was so nice. Feeling. But it's true. It's, it's how people make you feel, right? Exactly, yeah. man. Listen, I think it's time. It's time. Already. Like, hey guys, you know something? Thanks for that, man. You gave me a little bit of a, um, a, a, a nice, nice healing vibe I got there. I felt like something just, I, shoulders lifted again, plus Amazing. I play good golf. But thanks yeah, for coming. Always. Thanks for coming in the yard. Always a pleasure. Like, always See a pleasure. See you soon. See you soon. Thank you Definitely. so much. Thank you. The love is infinite. Strong. Thank you very much. Thank you again to Jeanette and Musa. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Really missed doing last week, but things happened. And things happen like that. But we're back. And we're back for good. So have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next week, my friends. God bless you. Bye.